Hello, folks. I'm coming to you from my office um, this Sunday. We're in the hall for Cafe Church, so we don't we don't have cameras there, so we won't be recording um, the service. So I'm bringing you uh, my reflections here from the the office in in my house. But welcome here all the same when we come together to reflect on God's word to us this morning. And this Sunday we're, we're back with Exodus because of our celebrations last week with the Care family and with the McDowell family to have a baptism in the one instance and a Thanksgiving service in the other. We took a little excursion into Deuteronomy, but today we're back. We're we're back with Exodus. Uh, two weeks ago, we left the children of Israel between the armies of Pharaoh and the sea, and we left them there crying out to God between a rock and a hard place, if you will. And this week, we bear witness to the unfolding of one of the best known and most dramatic events in the Bible. This event that has come to be known as the crossing of the Red Sea. We've seen it in films. We've seen it in the Ten Commandments in which Charlton Heston starred. And we've seen it in animation in Disney's The Prince of Egypt. The crossing of the Red Sea is a major theme in the Hebrew Bible in the Old Testament. It's referred to some 25 times there, and it's alluded to perhaps even more than that in the New Testament. This crossing and indeed the whole of the Exodus event, it can be argued, is what gave the Israelites their identity. They weren't God's people just because they happened to be descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even though that was important. But more importantly, according to the biblical record, the Israelites are God's people because he saved them when they were in dire straits, when they were between mighty and vicious Pharaoh on the one hand and the deep blue sea on the other. They are first and foremost a redeemed people. They are a people redeemed by Almighty God. They are his people. For the Jewish people, this event of the crossing of the Red Sea remains the one event that defines them as a people. And for us Christians, it's a vital background to the events that define us too. Without a good grasp on the meaning of Exodus, it's very hard for us to understand the events of the New Testament and even the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So let's look a little more deeply this morning at what goes on here in this ancient story. Let's read together from God's Word. Exodus chapter 14, beginning at verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. 
They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us into the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them and I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of the Lord, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving, and the Egyptians said, Let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back into its place. The Egyptians were fleeing towards it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians 
And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses his servant. This is the word of God. Amen. Let's pray together as we turn to reflect on this God's word. Lord God, thank you for this book of books. Thank you for the story of Exodus. Help us to find ourselves in this story. But even more than that, help us to find you, our Savior, here in these words. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the dramatized version of the Bible, there are four characters or four groups of characters in the event recorded in our passage. There is God, of course, the main actor in the drama. But there's also minor characters, Moses. There are the Egyptians and there are the Israelites. Last time we looked at Exodus, we explored that main character, God. And we saw that although it appeared that God in this chapter of the Bible was being vainglorious, that, however, is far from what was happening. We saw in our look at the first part of Exodus 14 that God had a purpose and a plan. He had a purpose and a plan even in the midst of the difficult situation that the children of Israel had found themselves in. And it was a plan that would bring about God's glory and their good, even if at the time it seemed impossible that good and glory could ever happen from this situation. And we were encouraged to consider how God will bring about his glory and our good even through a cross and the sorrow of a grave. And if God can do that, he can bring about his glory and our good from any and every dire situation that we might find ourselves in. This Sunday, I'd like us to explore the other three minor characters in the story, and in so doing, try to gain a better understanding of why God did and does what he did and what he does. First of all, let's explore the character of Moses. Moses was a, a typical leader. As I read this story, I often find myself uh, sympathizing with Moses, Moses is often caught in the middle. Look at verses 11 and 12 of our text. When things aren't going according to their liking, the people complain, not to God, but to Moses. And in response, in verse 15, God chastises Moses for the people's moaning. It seems a bit unfair on, on both counts, but it is the role to which leaders are called. And this is not the first time nor the last time where Moses will play the important yet difficult task of mediating between God and God's people. The New Testament encourages us to look 
encourages us to look back on the character and the story of Moses as a picture, as a shadow, a shadow of what Jesus is all about. Jesus is the new and the better Moses, we are told. Jesus comes as the mediator. Jesus comes as the middleman between God and his people, between God and the Israelites, but also between God and all of humanity. Moses in the Exodus story is not perfect, but Moses points forward to something important about the way God works. And it's this, God often works through others, communicating and helping us through the voice and the hands of others. In an age when we're taught to go it alone, be independent, that's a very important message indeed. Let's be aware of this message that we need to depend on others as we continue on our journey through Exodus. Let's see Moses's character as one that shows us Jesus and what Jesus ultimately does for us in his life on the on earth and what he continues to do for us in heaven. But let's also acknowledge the role that others, leaders and followers can play in mediating God and his ways to us and by way of holding us up to God, often in prayer. Let's move on to the second group of minor characters in the story, the Egyptians. You might feel sorry for the Egyptians. They certainly don't fare well at the end of the story, nor did they fare very well through the plagues in the first part of the story. But it's important to bear in mind just how brutal these people were, especially the Egyptians in this part of the story. These are the hardened supporters of tyrant Pharaoh. They are, according to the text, his officers and his crack charioteers. They're ready to slaughter the innocent, poorly armed Israelites together with their children. Back in the beginning of the story of Exodus, it was probably this same group of people who, who didn't bat an eyelid when Pharaoh commanded them to throw every Hebrew baby boy that they came across into the Nile River. Now that's how the Egyptians were treating God's people. But observe how they treat God himself. They repeatedly refuse to listen to the God of highest heaven, even though he gives them chance after chance to turn around and to do what is right. They repeatedly disobey and show God no respect whatsoever. God isn't demanding that they obey him just for kicks or just for his own vain glory. As we spoke of last time that we looked at Exodus, obedience is for God's glory, that the whole earth might be full of his glory, and that all things and all people might find well-being and fulfillment. That is what we mean by God's glory. And rebellious people hold that back to the detriment of the whole cosmos. 
and here by the Red Sea, the Egyptians come at the Israelites with the most terrifying of modern weapons in the known world at the time. These chariots weren't just horses with buggies. They were the panzer tanks of the day, the whole, with a whole crew to make them terrifyingly effective killing machines. And there were 600 of them. Today they might be compared to Apache helicopters. 600 Apache helicopters buzzing over the heads of the Israelites. No, sympathy for the Egyptians in our story is probably not our natural disposition when we know the whole story and the whole situation. And yet, the Bible says that God cares for the Egyptians. The Bible says that God cares as, as much for the Egyptians as he cares for anyone else, as much as he cares for the Israelites. In the prophecy of Isaiah, written many years later, God says, Blessed be my people, Egypt. In 2 Peter 3, the apostle says that God does not want anyone to perish, and that includes the Egyptians. The problem is, is that there are some people who will persistently resist God and God's love towards them. God, who is just, although he shows amazing patience, will one day have to call time on their rebellion and deal with them as he dealt with the Egyptians in the Red Sea. And the fact is that as long as someone lives, it is never too late for them to respond to God in worship, in trust, and in obedience. Think of the, the thief next to Jesus as he died on the cross. Jesus promised him, Today you will be with me in paradise. And here in this story, some of the Egyptians at least cried out in recognition of God. They say, Let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Who's to say that as these recognize the Lord, as they call on his name from the midst of the sea, that God didn't respond by saving them? If not in this life, then in the next. What God does with those who resist him, we can be sure will always be consummate with his character of unfailing and long-suffering love. But what about us? Our part as the followers of Jesus is not to be angry with those who we know and those who perhaps we love who resist God. Our part is to love them and to pray for them that it might not end in disaster for them. God did not want the Egyptians to lie dead on the beach at the end of that terrifying night. But because of their own choice, that was the chilling outcome. And finally, we come to our third group of minor players in the story, the Israelites. In relation to God, 
are the Israelites really any better than the Egyptians? Later on, the Israelites will chase after other gods, just like the Egyptians. And twice already, the Israelites have grumbled against God and Moses, and they will do so many, many more times. When the opportunity arises, you can bet that they will oppress other people, just like the Egyptians have done to them. No, the Israelites are not any better. And as we said before, God loves the Egyptians just as much as he loves the Israelites. Then why does God save the Israelites in this story by opening the Red Sea for them? And why does he close the sea on the Egyptians? The answer is that the Israelites had a mediator. They had Moses who held his hand up for them. They had Moses who, who walked ahead of them through the sea. And brothers and sisters, that too is the only thing that makes us any different from anyone else in the world. We have a mediator. We have Jesus, who when we were justly condemned to death for our disobedience and rebellion, came and lifted his arms for us on the cross. We have Jesus who, who died for us. We have Jesus who went through the waters of death for us so that we could live, get to the other side and know peace with God. God's salvation for the Israelites as it is for us was all by grace. And of course, that grace needs to be received by faith. But look at the picture of faith that we have here in this story. It's instructive, I believe. The text says that the Israelites walked through the sea with a wall of water on their right and a wall of water on their left. Maybe some of the Israelites walk through confident and victorious, but I think many more walk through with a great deal of trepidation. Maybe they even walked through with their eyes closed. They were so afraid. So some of the Israelites had a lot of faith and others had only a little. But it wasn't the amount or the strength of their faith that got them through. What got them through was the faithfulness of God and the actions of their mediator, Moses, first raising his hands and then walking ahead of them through the sea. As we walk through the places where God takes us in these days, Let's remember that here, but for the grace of God, go we. Let's daily thank God that though we are no more deserving than anyone else, in Christ, by God's grace, we have a mediator. We have Christ who 
holds his arms up high to save us and to take us through even the depths of the sea. May God bless to us this reflection on his word this morning. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for this story that shows us your heart, not just for us, not just for your people Israel, but for the whole world, even for the Egyptians. Thank you that your love is constant, that you are long-suffering, that you are patient. Lord, we lift up to you our friends and loved ones who resist your love even to today. And we ask you to continue by your spirit to work on their hearts. And we ask you to use us to show your very character to them as we trust in you. Lord, thank you for this picture of the sea and the crossing and the fact that it isn't by our might, it isn't by our wisdom, it isn't by our faith that we get through, but it is all by your grace. Lord, help us to depend on that grace today in all that we face. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. God bless you all. Bye.